For this episode, we're joined by Simeon Breyer. He's running for Parkland City Commission for District 1. Welcome, Simeon. Can you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Uh, my name is Simeon Breyer. I am a resident of Heron Bay in Parkland, and I'm running for the Parkland City Commission District 1 seat. Cool. How long will you be living in the uh, Parkland area? So my family moved to Parkland actually in 1984. Oh, wow. I was nine years old at the time mm -hmm. and um, I moved into Cypress Head, which at the time was the only subdivision right. uh, in Parkland. Parkland was a one way in, one way out on 441 yep. uh, city, no businesses, no traffic lights. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was a far different time there. And then over the course of the years between college and marrying my wife, who grew up in Coral Springs, right. uh, we've been in the area uh, ever since. I came back here after college, went to law school mm -hmm. um, uh, at Nova Southeastern and, uh, and have lived in Heron Bay now for going on eight plus years. So, so what do you feel is so unique about Parkland? Uh, you know, Parkland um, has always been a unique place. Uh, when, when we first moved here, Parkland was wide open green spaces mm -hmm. and horse country right. um, and, and had a very small town atmosphere. It was a small town. Yeah. And over the course of the years, um, I have seen uh, Parkland grow. Mm -hmm. um, our our sports leagues and sports parks have become uh, fantastic, and my kids and my younger brothers have, have benefited from that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen you know development in the city and the communities grow, um, but it in my mind it has still maintained that small town charm and that small town atmosphere, despite the fact that now we're you know thirty some odd thousand people, right. and and to me that's the appealing quality. Right. Um, you know, my wife and I both work and, and at times my commute gets me down, but every time I, I pull <laughs> back into uh, home or I, or I spend the weekend, you know, uh, in, in, in Parkland, um, I'm happy for it. Right. And it's, it's still unique, I think, in the area, having the space um, and, and then, you know, a little bit less, you know, the industrialization compared to the nearby cities. And um... Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Parkland, you know, um, I, I heard one of your podcasts, and you're you're dead on. I mean, Parkland had no parks when we moved to Parkland, <laughs> yes. but it was but it was park like. I mean, it was wide open green spaces, and it was you know it was it was a regular mm -hmm. um, occurrence that you'd be driving down Holmberg Road and see people passing by on horses, mm -hmm. and and as they developed the city, it was with that mindset um, that as they as they planned. I remember when they they built Quigley Park and then Terramore and and some of the others, mm -hmm. um, it was with that same mindset to preserve the park-like nature, right. this this untouched gem, if you will, in the middle of um, you know South Florida. Yeah. It's a little corner also because it's sort of backed into the Everglades, um, and I feel like it's a little almost like um, a refuge, right, from the from ever ever growing uh, coastal areas. So. For sure, for sure, and and I think it was intentional um, in terms of their design and zoning and planning mm -hmm. of, the, of the city to to keep it as this sort of untouched gem right. in Northwest Broward Corner, right yeah. in the corner, butting up against the Everglades, and and I know that as the you know it's funny I, I did a Wikipedia search just for fun mm -hmm. not long ago on on Parkland, and it 
came up with the fact that parkland is known for its quote unquote zoning laws <laughs> and preserving the the park like nature of the city and and that's that's true i mean for for many years um parkland was very strict for um th- what it allowed in the city and and it was purposeful in its in its planning and and for that i'm 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 so thankful because i think it's preserved this this unique charm and character of the city no absolutely and then i think the other mystery i think i'm still trying to find out is that where the name Parkland came from because I, you know, I talked to the historical society and, and uh, it's still a little bit of mystery that, that they, you know, and then I think it's good. Well, the name actually defined now, it definitely is a good name for the city. So um, it certainly has grown into its name for sure. I mean, Parkland has definitely grown into its name. If you ask Wikipedia and I, I'm probably, you know, it, Probably is not historically accurate, but it's for, you know, it's it's park. designed to protect the park-like nature uh, <laughs> or park-like character of the city. But but historians, I'm sure, will tell you, as the residents who have been here a long time, that we didn't have parks. Yeah. Um, I remember going to Parks and Coral Springs when I was a uh, <laughs> when I was when we first moved here to play, t- you know, little league and and sports, and um, so it, it certainly has grown into its name. Good. Uh, so what, what motivates you to get involved in politics? That's something that, uh, you know, it's always a good question. So, Yeah, I, I've never been um, – this is my first foray into politics. My wife works for uh, U.S. Congressman Ted Deutsch, who's a wonderful person, um, and has worked for some other elected officials. But I've, I've, always, um, I've always been um, involved in what's going on in my community. Right. And involved in a number of organizations and charities in the community, our, our kids' schools. I've coached my two daughters in virtually every sport that they play, and even some that they didn't want to play at first, but then loved. Um, so we've certainly been, you know, always involved. And Parkland has such a special place in my family's history, in who we are, and in how we wanted to raise our children and our family. Um, and as a result of that. Uh, and a combination of other factors, not the least of which is what occurred a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in, in to my alma mater uh, and affecting so many lives of, of people that we know and love. I've been I've been motivated to uh, think more locally, mm-hmm. if you will, and focus on the issues that matter that are close to home mm-hmm. and issues that I can take an active role in um, in leading and, and participating in. And I'm, I'm also a, a firm believer that you know, if you want to get involved and you want to have a voice, sometimes you have to roll up your sleeves and be willing to put in the hard work and 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 lead by example. And so, you know, our, our students, our, our, our my my two children, mm-hmm. uh, my wife, and and our family and friends have have really been, you know, the catalyst to um, motivate me to get more active and more involved. I've been I've been you know on the Parkland Community Advisory Board. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been an interesting process and, and certainly, you know, hearing from the folks that have served on there far longer than me, mm-hmm. um, their commitment to the city is as strong as mine. And that's great. I've gotten to know our, our local elected officials mm-hmm. and their hard work and commitment to the city has been inspiring. And so I want to follow in that example and really um, start to put my money where my mouth is in terms of my time, my energy, um, and focus on, you know, trying to preserve all of the fantastic qualities of Parkland and trying to protect it for its future. And, and what do you think, like in terms of uh, if you get elected, you know, how, how would you get the city to help with, um, you know, both improving and preserving the, the uniqueness of the Parkland area? Sure. Um, 
I, I think there are so many things that are great about Parkland. And I, I, I heard, uh, you know, I've heard many people say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But there, there are a lot of things that attracted me and my family to this community mm-hmm. uh, that are so amazing. And we want to preserve those things. We want to enhance them if they can, because you can always make things better. And so um, I, I certainly think that there are, whether it's our, our A-rated schools, whether it's our parks, whether it's our recreational facilities, mm-hmm. whether it's our hometown you know, activities and, and experiences, um, the, the, all of the city planning that is done on preserving the character and, and unique nature of our city, I think is all important. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to focus on preserving all the good qualities, uh, of Parkland and navigating around some of the tough issues that we're facing. I mean, we're facing obviously some challenges with what happened at, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and our public safety issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're facing challenges with regards to our growth. Mm-hmm. We have grown, since I've been moved here in 1984, we've grown a tremendous amount, yep. but especially over the last 20, 25 years or so. And I've certainly seen the impacts of that. You drive down Coral Ridge Drive right. and rush hour, or you drive down some of the other areas and you see the traffic and everything else. Yep. And so I think we can, we can, we can always improve. Um, but that's not to say that where we live is, is second to anyone else. I, I think Parkland, you know, is certainly my choice for the best place to live and raise a family. Yeah, and I think there's some challenges still because the growth is still happening. And, you know, a, you know, part of it is obviously from our distribution, we know that there's new addresses, you know, being added. So, um, and then, you know, the, the folks with you know, population increases, this, there'll be strains on some of the infrastructure. So, um, so what, what do you see, like, you know, in terms of the community itself? You know, there's a lot of activism that's already built in due to partially from the uh, Doug, you know, Stoneman Douglas events. So how do you see the city sort of uh, harness its, you know, its natural activism and, um, you know, what should be directed at? Sure. I, I think we've got some amazing young people um, in our city mm-hmm. and the the events that occurred at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in 2018 just highlighted that right. we've got fantastic kids, fantastic young people. They are smart. They are engaged. They are compassionate. They have a worldview um, that is different than some of the folks in the older generation. Mm-hmm. And they also have, I think, a call to action now. Yeah. And I think because of that, we can, uh, embrace and harness that so that we can channel that energy into a lot of positive things. And, and we're doing it. I mean, you know, uh, the, the March for Our Lives, um, all that has come of that partnering with mm-hmm. some of the organizations of the school, teachers like Jeff Foster, who, who teaches the AP government class at, at Soman Douglas, mm-hmm. teachers like Sharon Cutler teaches the DECA program. Yes. We've, we've, we've started to get those kids and young people, and I say kids only because I've, I've got two <laughs> yeah. teenage girls, yeah. but they're really young, young adults. adults yeah. We've started to get those young adults in in a mindset where they have not only a voice, because anyone can have a voice if you scream loud enough, mm-hmm. but they've got compassion and they've got a sense of purpose behind that voice. And I think they're trying to make the world a better place, and I'm all for encouraging that. Mm-hmm. You know, One of the first things that I did and, and the first group that I met with after I decided to run for office was with a group of students. Mm-hmm. We held a Zoom uh, with some of our student leaders in the area, some, some young people that I have seen um, 
turn into those future leaders of, of our generation, of their generation. And, and it is so impressive to hear them talk and the things that matter to them and the issues that are relevant to them. Um, it's truly inspiring. Right. And I think that there is definitely a way to harness that, to continue to involve them and include them in the dialogue and the process. Um, and also to you know partner with them on helping to see that the changes that they want to uh, establish in in our community uh, and make it happen mm-hmm. for the better. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think that a lot of energy. I feel like more so than most uh, communities. And um, you know, there's some sad events that obviously dem- you know triggered the initial demonstration of that energy. But um, I think it's uh, the, the current times. Just last few months. It's it's confronting all of you know. It's presenting a lot of new challenges we probably never thought about you know last year. So you know, so I think it's it's important to get them involved also as we define what the new norm is. That's my personal view on uh, because that yeah. I can, I can tell you this, and I I don't know. I'm sure there are fantastic young people everywhere, but I have been so blown away. Whether it's seeing our young people get involved with charitable organizations and helping others in need or seeing them get involved with their local community and trying to effectuate a change for the better. Mm-hmm. Each time I, I get some experience, I've served on a number of charities. And when we get young people who, not because of their parents or because of their friends, but are stepping forward to come up with unique ways to serve their community, to give back, to volunteer, to uh, start an initiative to raise funds for a, for a local charitable organization or a good cause, it, it, it blows me away. And so um, we've got some fantastic young people in our community here. And, and I definitely, we definitely think we've got uh, a number of future leaders. Why do you think you're well suited to serve as city commissioner? Well, aside from my you know, love and almost lifelong commitment to Parkland, um, I think my legal background and experience as a business litigation attorney mm-hmm. are valuable assets. I mean, every day I deal with complex legal and business issues. Right. I represent individuals, small and large businesses, and I help them navigate through challenges. Um, as part of that, I focus on problem solving and advocating for them and bringing folks to the table to resolve disputes uh, in a pragmatic and common sense fashion. And I think that'll be an asset to my serving on the city commission. Mm-hmm. In addition, I, I think my experience in serving on the city of Parkland's community advisory boards right. and the other boards I've served on, such as the Parkland Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. uh, will be an asset um, in both my professional career and through my involvement in organizations in the community. Uh, I've had years of dealing with city staff and city attorneys right. and elected officials, members, candidates of the Broward County School Board. And I'm very familiar with our municipal and, and city and county government systems. So I think I have, I have great relationships with those people, mm-hmm. many of which go back years on both a personal and a professional level, including the elected officials and our city staff in Parkland, Coconut Creek, Coral Springs, and some right. of the other neighboring cities. Well, what, sort of roles, so I, I think what sort of roles were you serving in the chamber and so on? So I have been, when, when the chamber was reconstituted in Parkland some number of years ago, I was asked to come onto the board. And I've been mm-hmm. on the board uh, f- with the Chamber of Commerce ever since and have been active in that and really seeing the chamber um, take off and be an asset to the community right. and serving the local businesses and, and also 
providing not only support in, in good times, but also bad times. Right. The chamber has done some tremendous things right after the shooting uh, at Stoneman Douglas and supporting the community and, and bringing information to the residents and to our local businesses in highlighting and, and, and getting uh, sponsorships and, and donations from local businesses. Mm-hmm. And also in this pandemic time, I mean, I can tell you that we have had uh, a number of uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, events that have served the community. We have another one coming up about uh, the back to school right. questions with you know Lori Alhadef and a bunch of the other uh, folks from from around the area on our schools. So that the, the chamber has definitely served uh, the community well and, and the businesses in the community well, and I'm I'm proud to be a part of it. And and how do you see the uh, the, the things you're involved in with the chamber and in, in, um, in various community you know uh, roles you've been you have on on the fact that you're going to be representing the folks in district one. Well, I, I think, I think it'll be an opportunity for me to leverage those relationships. Not, not only am I communicating with uh, local business leaders and others in the community, mm-hmm. but it has given me access and, and the ability to get to know our elected officials and our other people in the city. And I think those relationships will be an asset uh, to my serving on the commission. I mean, my focus will be the commission. Right. And so if, if I have to take a, a more uh, backseat role on some of my other service for organizations, the focus will be the commission. And we've had, you know, we've had other uh, we have a, a, an active commissioner right now who's on the board for the Chamber of Commerce right. and is balancing it well. And, and we've had others involved, right. uh, certainly at every level. And, and what, you know, as you're involved in these um, the, these organizations, what do you see as some of the important topics that um, should be tackled? Well, I mean, so for for you know the the chamber, it, it's focusing on our local businesses, supporting them. Uh, making sure that um, not only are they given the community support, but that they're given an, an opportunity to speak with our local leaders and find out, mm-hmm. especially through this pandemic time, it's been critical right. um, getting that information and and using uh, the platform of the chamber to provide value and service to our members has been has been one of the things uh, we've been focusing on. But but I think. A lot of uh, the organizations that I'm involved with, and I'm on a, I'm on a, a charity board for SOS Children's Village, mm-hmm. and, and we've been dealing with um, not only you know dealing with all of our relationships with uh, community leaders and, and the cities that we that we touch upon, but also all the local businesses who are our sponsors and donors right. and supporters, um, and and dealing with them through these challenging times. And what do you think are the most important things for the um, local residents? You know, I, I think preserving our green spaces, um, which includes, you know, what happens with the Heron Bay Golf Course, right. uh, preserving, you know, our relationships with our school board members and local law enforcement to ensure that our, our children have not only a, a top level education here in Parkland, but also that we have the safest schools. And then handling our continued growth. Our city has, has grown tremendously since since I came to Parkland yeah. and, and continuing to grow smart and addressing the infrastructure and traffic issues. I think is is going to be critical, um, and last but certainly not least is is preserving the overall character of of our city. We have a very unique hometown feel, and I want to pre- preserve that. And that includes you know investing in in our parks, in 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 parkland uh, activities, and making sure that Parkland is a great place to live for people of all ages. As as I mentioned before, I mean Parkland has not only a ton of family. And kids of all ages, but we also have a growing, you know, older community and retiree and empty nester community, ensuring that those residents' needs are attended to as well is vital. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think speaking of Heron Bay, since I live in Heron Bay, what is the plan for the golf course? Because I see when I ride my bike around, I see some of the folks, you know, riding with their the golf clubs in and just get a free golf, free round of golf, you know, in the courts there. So what do you, what, what do you see that, uh, you know, that, uh, I, I do think it's well, very right, good green space, by the way. And, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful green space. And I've enjoyed as a resident myself, you know, riding my bike around or taking a walk around that area. Right. But you know, there are, there are issues that land is owned privately. Yep. There are some restrictions on what happens to that land for a period of time. And it's really going to be a challenge for the city and the residents to come together and work together proactively right. to figure out the best path forward for that property. Um, obviously, you know, um, there, there's also the fact that it, it adjoins both Coral Springs and Parkland. Yep. So it's going to have to take a team effort. Yes. But I think that if we're proactive and smart about it and work with some of our local leaders, like we have, you know, the, the HOA president here, Neil Vogel mm-hmm. in Heron Bay, mm-hmm. who I know has been, has been passionate about this issue. Right. And I know that our city commissioners, um, uh, hopefully will rally around to, to figure out a plan forward for it because it, it has been an issue that has been raised to me as a candidate by, by a number of residents. No, absolutely. I think, I think, and also it could go many different directions because we don't know. Like mo- most of the residents don't actually know what's going to happen. So imagination is wild. So, and just having a plan, I think it's, or, or just say what the desire, what the ultimate goal might be. I actually don't know why it's abandoned sort of a little bit, but. Uh, I think, I, I think, you know, we as, a society have, I think golf has become a tougher sell. Mm. It's, you know, it takes up a lot of time and I think it serves a a population that may be waning in interest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whomever was running it, uh, there was a, 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 an entity in their club link recently, wasn't apparently able to make it a viable business. And I don't know if it'll ever be a full 18 hole golf course again, but there's gotta be some use for that space where you can preserve at least most, if not all, of the green space and do something with that property short of, you know, getting rid of every piece of greenery and putting <laughs> up a strip mall. <laughs> well, I think that's it, – it's it's one of those areas that you can have, you know, you know some form of entertainment beyond. Like I think we have in, – in the area has a lot of uh, family-oriented parks entertainment, right? I think the golf course and the hotel, I just feel like that's a, that's a missed opportunity that can round up the – you know what's available for people to go to a good restaurant you know like a high-end restaurant absolutely and stuff. um i think that's i know it's a challenge because it's sort of near the end of it so people the, the, where the golfers are probably may not drive all the way here they have maybe closer options um but again it goes back to someone has to have some imagination but the, otherwise you like you said it would be a a strip mall or office you know space you know end up so yeah and i mean back in the day i mean i had my it, it had a fantastic restaurant and beautiful clubhouse right. there. I had my law school graduation mm-hmm. party there. Yeah. Um, we've had other events there, charity events. And, and it was really, I mean, it was a Honda Classic tour, yep. of course. Yep. So it was really the pinnacle in this area of being a, a high-end but accessible to the public golf course right. with a beautiful clubhouse. Right. And, and really, it's, it's a shame that it is, it is now what it is and, cl- and shuttered and Hopefully, as you said, smart people can get their heads together and focus on it. And I think that's the key word is focus on I, I it think there's some, and figure it out. And then part of the role generally I feel like with cities is that um, things that, you know, I, I actually don't know what the problem they had is, but it, it may involve some some level of, um, I don't know, like um, like marketing of a certain style or certain things. And then, you know, help, the city can help them set that. But 
but right now I just feel like they're just letting it sort of fade away almost, right? It's almost, uh, I don't know. It feels like they're, they're just letting it sort of slowly die almost. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it definitely needs proactive attention. Yep. I, I think that's the reality. We need, and, and it, it will be one of my agenda items on, because not only because I live here, but because it's important to the residents of not only Heron Bay, but Parkland and Coral Springs in this area. How do you see the COVID-19 impacting the, um, your ability to reach out to the community in terms of you know, campaign events and other activities that normally happens? Do you think people are you know, looking for that face-to-face interaction? Well, I, I think people are yearning for it, right. candidly. I mean, I know that, that Zoom calls replace a portion of it, but you don't have that same personal interaction. Yep. And I think that as we go forward... Uh, people are yearning for that opportunity to not only get out of their house and be part of their community, but also feel the interaction with the community. So we've, I, I've seen it in my neighborhood, and yep. you probably t- yep. had too. We we go out, take a walk, talk to our neighbors. We're interacting. We're sitting on our on, uh, on our front driveway, right. uh, oftentimes with neighbors. I went over yesterday to to drop off some uh, campaign magnets to a friend mm-hmm. and and got to meet some of their neighbors. Right. And so I think people are just yearning for that personal interaction. Absolutely, and I think. It's a substitute, you know, the Zoom calls, and then, um, and I think the physical, um, I think a lot of the, you know, networking events and so on. That I think the Chamber uh, has been doing. I think those are the probably the most challenging to replace. You know, how how do you get introduce someone new uh, when you never met the person? And um, and I think that's going to be the the challenge also for you guys trying to get the residents to know know about you, the candidates for the um, various positions. Sure. And then that and that comes with, I think, just being attentive and responsive to the community. Yeah. So if it's somebody picking up the phone and calling one of one of the candidates or a commissioner, if I'm if I'm elected, mm-hmm. um, uh, going and meeting with them, socially distanced for a cup of coffee or talking with someone, people want to know you're there, that you're you're someone that they can talk to, that you'll listen to them and hear hear their concerns, and also that they're it's it's local government, meaning that you're going to be part of the community, right. and I think that's an important factor. And and then when you, you know in terms of like what do you think the, the the tools available as a city commissioner and as a city to to advance some of these um, the goals you have uh, observed issues you've observed. Well, I, I think the city is doing some great things now to try to bring the community together, and I I would just want to expand upon those. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're we're facing some challenges with the pandemic, but the city is has had some events. Um, uh, there was a drive-through movie night. Right. I know where there was another one planned recently that's been postponed. Right. I think that's a great opportunity in a safe environment for people to get out and feel like they're part of the community. Mm-hmm. I know as we go forward into the cooler months, my hope is that we can bring back in some safe fashion the farmer's market because I think that has become a, a pinnacle uh, event in the community every other week for, for folks in Parkland to get together and see their neighbors and see their friends right. and, and, and meet each other. So hopefully we can do, still do that, but in a safe environment. And communication. I think the city you know, has and, and should continue to regularly communicate with its, with its residents, and whether that's transitioning the ability for residents to attend commission meetings by zoom mm-hmm. instead of having to come to the commission in, in person or some other way right. for the, the residents to have access to what's going on in the city and, and be in regular communication. I think the, all of those things are important. Yeah. And my, my personal two cents, I feel like is that if we have, you know, we basically have to come up with new ways to, or, or new protocols to do things we generally used to do. And, you know, we're already adjusted to shopping, you know, Costco, you know, the 
Walmart, all, all you know, Publix, we all have adapted to sort of shop with people around us. And I think, you know, farmer's market is one that I, I do think that it takes a lot of communication because when I, you know, the, the you know, I remember everyone is so packed, so many people are there. There has to be some sort of, you know, flow control of the of people coming in. And then so that, you know, you have lesser groups. But I think that's still a good thing. If we can make that happen, I think that's just a uh, more morale boost for everyone in the neighborhood. So. I couldn't agree more. And we've got a lot of talented, smart people in the city mm-hmm. and in, the, in in City Hall who can help make that happen. Right. And, and I know that I have confidence that we'll be able to do yeah, that. Maybe have reservations, you know, like you know, your, your first name, last name is like whatever. And then you go there this time and something like that. So. All, all of these challenges that we're facing are gonna are gonna be have to be met with creative yes, solutions. Yes, absolutely, and then communicate and, well to the whole res, you know, whole base of the community. Correct, correct, and everybody. And I, I've seen it. I'm sure you too. Everybody has been in our neighborhood and in our community. And I think it just speaks to the people that are here. Everybody has been, you know, very cognizant of, you know, keeping their distance away when they're in Publix or yep. the supermarket or other stores. And I think the farmer's market can be just another example of that. Absolutely. And I think it's good. It's a good indicator of how strong the community is. Actually, everyone's respecting each other's sort of, uh, you know, the, you know, trying to make this work. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and generally, like you know, you know, the people have different styles. So you mentioned that uh, you know it's it's important to you know reach out the local local officials. So how what's the best way for someone listening to reach out to you? What's what's your style? Do you text or you know? Phone? I, I am you know in a non-COVID time, I'm a face-to-face <laughs> person. Right. I love meeting people, talking to them, you know, shaking someone's hand. Um, but you know, in in COVID times, I'm trying to to scale back, but still have that personal interaction. So, you know, I, I've had folks reach out to me by, by email. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our email set yep. up, which is briar for parkland at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We have our, our website, which is briar for mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've got Facebook and Instagram and I've had people uh, direct message me or, or message me and ask for my cell number, right. which I'm happy to reach out to them and call them. And I've, I've spoken with people. I've met some folks for a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. ten feet apart, <laughs> or you know, you know, even a parking lot meeting. Right. So uh, I'm, I am, I'm happy to meet with people. I love it. It's, it's, it fuels me and energizes yep. me to have that personal interaction and also to hear from people. Right. Um, I hear what it has educated me because we all live in our own little circles, uh, our own little bubbles as to what's important to us and what's around us. But it is, it has really been an education for me in talking to all the residents that I've spoken with about what's important to them, what matters to them and their family. And that's residents of all ages, whether they're, you know, uh, newly married or they've got a family or they're in their golden years or empty nesters. I mean, we have a, we have a wide swath of, of people in, in Parkland and, and, and they all have their own uh, issues that are important to them, and they're all important to me. Yep. No, actually, I think this is the most probably most challenging part for for government to help people because you know a lot of people are you know stressed by this, and then people stress they tend to hold up them you know into their whatever they're comfortable with, and then that's the biggest challenge to get get folks to reach out to, to ask for help if needed or where things can be improved so it makes everyone's life better. And I think that's that's very difficult um, right now. And I think people need to be prodded a little bit to uh, to give them the opportunity. Absolutely. And I've seen some great examples of that in our community. You know, people going and helping folks who are in need, whether they needed some PPP products right. or they had a pet that was lost and they can't, you know, go and knock on their neighbor's doors to ask for help. So they're using social media. And you see the community rally around that yep. stuff. And 
and that's what makes us special and that's what you know gives us that human interaction that is so you know um so heartwarming to see no absolutely um is there anything else that uh, uh, that uh, you have other messages for the community you want to share you know, I, I think that, you know, all of the things that I have tried to make the focus of, of my life just to be a good person and to give back to my community, mm-hmm. I think will all be attributes in, in my continuing to serve the city of Parkland. So I'm hopeful that, that folks who don't know me uh, will reach out mm-hmm. and, and talk with me, and I'm happy to talk with them and get to know them and, and talk with them about their issues. And, and hopefully as we go forward, um, we can we can continue to build, you know, preserve what we've got and build an even better parkland. Absolutely, no, that's a good uh, something. Everyone, we should be uh, thinking about, even though you know it seems like uh, we have more immediate issues at hand. So, yes, yeah, for sure. And 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 to to say that to all your listeners and everything, continue to be safe, continue to be smart, and I wish everyone the best. It, we're definitely in in trying times. I know this is stressful. Uh, but the hope is that together we'll all get through it. Thanks, Simeon. It was a pleasure to discuss your views. And thanks to our audience. We will continue to bring you opportunity to listen to your local candidates. So please subscribe to our channel for your next episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>